This podcast contains a frank discussion about a physical trauma suffered during childbirth that may be disturbing to some listeners. Exercise discretion while listening or when sharing with a friend. You are listening to Heal Yeah with Colleen Ziegler, produced by The Lighter Side Network. Visit thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes and podcasts exploring wholeness living, trance channeling, energy work, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heal Yeah podcast. I am your host, Colleen Ziegler, and today in the studio, we have Helene Saucedo. Hey, Helene. Hi, Helene. (laughs) Helene is a mother, a designer, and a palm reader here in Atlanta, and she is also a friend of mine, and I am so happy that she is joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So today we are going to talk to Helene about her healing journey and truly getting on the path of becoming your authentic self and how she developed her own business and she's rocking it out. Right? You I are. Am. Don't make it, that face. It feels good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. As I yeah, say. it's very inspirational. Thanks. So tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to the present moment. Oh, goodness. So um, I am a pretty much a full-time palm reader right now. That is my job. That is... How many people can say that? Not, I don't <laughs> think many. And um, So how did I get here? That's a question I get asked all the time. How did you become a palm reader? And I still cannot find an easy answer for that because it was such a path. And essentially, it found me at the end of a very hard period in my life. Um so should we just get down into it? Yeah, let's, All just, right. let's just get into it. I think that there's so many people out there that are really looking for that thing for them. Oh, yes. And a lot of times we don't realize what's sitting almost right in front of us. That's right? like that's the theme of most of the palm readings that I do. People want to know where to go, what to do. They feel lost or they can feel the something, but they can't, they don't mm-hmm. know what it is. And honestly, when I give those readings, um, my form of palm reading is I, I can't really tell you what that is either. We have a conversation. Um, you know, I kind of look at it as problem solving. We look at different personality traits. Um, and I just give them hope. And a lot of times I share my story, um, which I will do now. So a year and a half ago, I will say, um, that is not a long time. No, it's really it's not really a long time. Not. A year and a half ago, I kind of had what I call a midlife correction. It was not a midlife crisis. It was a correction. I was not in a happy place. Um, I had moved to Atlanta to have my baby because I um, was working in New York City in publishing and fashion as an art director. Um, So I felt like I was fairly successful when I got pregnant and realized I did not want to have my child in New York City. So wanted to move near family, move back to Atlanta. So you moved to Atlanta pregnant? Yes, to Atlanta pregnant. Um, And honestly, I was burnt out of being an art director and designer in those industries, especially in New York City, because it's just work, 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 work and debt and not having time to really enjoy your life. And I was just feeling it was soul sucking. I was done with the city. Um, Imagine walking around New York City pregnant, like, I I can't. Yeah, all the smells. (laughs) It was the worst. So fast forward Atlanta, I I had a doctor in New York City tell me that I should deliver at Emory. So I did start to go to Emory for um, all of my appointments. I was 35 when I got pregnant. So I 
you know, I was high risk and I was having geriatric. Yes. Yes. Geriatric at 35. (laughs) I don't believe in that at all. But again, my own personal opinion. Of course. So I had like ultrasounds every week, you know, um, and that kind of thing. And Emory is what is called a baby friendly hospital. So mm-hmm. it's a well known hospital here in Atlanta and probably throughout, I would think, the United States. Oh, yes. And it's an excellent hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but the baby friendly program, um, their whole aim is to cut down C section numbers. Mm. And they are very much, everyone has to take a course, you know, the lactation courses um, and everything needs to be done their way in order to stay baby friendly. So um, I went to all those courses, very, very big um, lactation. Honestly, I felt like I was being brainwashed. Like you have, formula Mm -hmm. was not an option, not an option. So um, after those classes, um, which scared the bejesus out of me, like I remember watching the the labor video where you're watching a woman give an unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am not doing that. I will do all the drugs, please. All of them. I want to tell you something. Yes. <laughs> I was not planning on sharing this, but I'm going to. Oh. My mother had a natural birth. Oh, I don't know if I should share this. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I'm just thinking, like, Maybe. if my mom listens to this, <laughs> I'm going to, okay, I'm going to share something here. When my third brother was born, it was a natural birth and the whole family attended. And I had to watch that video as a second grader. <laughs> that's, that's traumatic. So, um. You know, I don't, looking back, it's just an interesting thing. I don't know that I was traumatized. It was just an interesting thing to show children, to show children. (laughs) Anyway. So I had had no, (laughs) no experience of any of that, but fear. Mm -hmm. Everything with, with childbirth was, was fear-based for Mm me. Um, So, and you didn't feel like the hospital helped that. Oh, no. Like, yeah. showing that video, I literally, I just cried. I was the only girl in the room that cried. Everyone was there with their husbands, and I was bawling. I was so scared. And also, mm. I mean, hormones and everything else oh, going sure. on. So Absolutely. you're a mess. You're, Absolutely. Walking, you're just a mess. Yeah. Um, anyway, so very fear-based. And I came up with a motto before I delivered. And my motto was, the only way out is through. Like, that's, okay. that was, you just got it. You don't have a choice. You know, they don't put you to sleep to have babies mm-hmm. anymore, which I wish they did, they did yeah. but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the way you feel, you know, honestly. I do. Just, I okay. wish they would have put me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so when it actually came time for me to give birth, I was a week late um, and they had a, a scheduled day for me to come in and they were going to induce me. Well, thank goodness I started having contractions the day before. Um, and immediately, as soon as I felt the first one, I was like, hospital, <laughs> we're going. Um, and I went like five minutes, literally after I started having contractions, all fear-based. I was just like epidural now. <laughs> and they were like, you're not even dilated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I want the drugs now. Um, so I did very quickly. It wasn't a busy, it didn't seem like it was a busy night. They got me in. I was two centimeters and immediately pain medication, epidural. Um, and I, I labored for, you know, 20 hours or, as one does, but I kept every, anytime I could feel my legs, I was like more re up. (laughs) And it got to the point where they were having to turn me, you know, Mm. to like get it to, um, be even because I would feel one leg and not the other. And that was just my goal. It was very much medication management. 
Um, and I just thought if I did that, the baby would just slide out and I wouldn't feel a thing. So when it actually came time to, you know, push the baby out, I tried to push for three hours. Um, and that makes me want to cry just thinking about it. I could not. I just couldn't. Um, all I tried all the tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was like rocking me back and forth and, you know, then I was walking around and just all the things three hours I was exhausted because they don't let you eat mm-hmm. right so how are you supposed to have a just baby in with, case oh they gosh. need to put yes. in yeah uh-huh so being the baby friendly hospital they finally the doctors were like okay you've been laboring you know you're obviously in distress the baby's going into distress because you hear the heart monitor going off we're going to give you your options and they were like we can do the vacuum which is not going to be your best option for this reason and i'm like okay well you're telling me not to do that mm-hmm. um we can do forceps um and that was pretty much all they gave me and then, so i just want the baby out um and i'm like let's do the forceps mm-hmm. there's two doctors i find out later they had already delivered 20 babies that day they're both at the end of the shift it's 2 a.m in the morning so i have two doctors coming in at the forceps and you know the whole army of people come in and fill the room and you at this point can't feel anything down, I'm, I'm no, assuming no. below your waist, you can't feel anything. No, I at couldn't. This time. I couldn't okay. feel anything, but just fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't mean emotional. Oh, yeah, 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 I meant yeah, physical. Yeah, physically. Which, yeah. No, I couldn't, and I'm, I'm. I'll get to that in a minute. Like, I'm not sure if the epidural was the right thing because mm-hmm. would I have been able to push? So yes, forceps, um, essentially ripping the baby out of you. But they didn't do the procedure where they the where they cut mm-hmm. before they do that. Mm-hmm. What is Pisiotomy. that? Yes, they mm-hmm. did not do that. So um, they, I got a fourth degree tear. They got the baby out, but, you know, tore a hole through in my whole body. And um, that was pretty scary because I, I had the doctor tell me, look me in the face and say, this is the worst. First of all, I said, is that the worst one? Like fourth degree tear? Yeah. Because I didn't, nobody prepped me about that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yes, that is the worst tear. And this is the worst one I've ever seen. I remember nurses. That's what they're telling you right after. That's what she told me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I had a nurse walk in with this look of just like shock and, and whatever on her face. And I honest, and they had the baby beside me. I because they keep the baby in the room, but it, she was being attended to by a lot of nurses. I remember my husband looking at the baby with that look that you're supposed to give a baby mm-hmm. when it's born, love and awe and affection. And and I didn't want to see the baby at all. I didn't want to look. They were like, we're getting you ready for, you know, surgery. Mm-hmm. We're going to the OR. And I'm like, yes, I can do that. Surgery I can do. I've had many surgeries. So what surgery meant to me was, you know what? I'd have a quiet space <laughs> where mm-hmm. they would make me feel really good again. And um, I wouldn't be near the baby. Um, so they did a great job fixing me up, thank goodness. Um, but, I mean, I, I was in the hospital. You're supposed to stay two or three days. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my fourth-degree tear, I talked them into four days because I didn't want to go home because I was scared of everything. I, I definitely had um, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, they would say PBD, but I and how how oh, and broke. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you take care of a baby after and, you've been through something and trying like that? to trying to breastfeed mm-hmm. after something like that? Trying, yeah. And she was a colicky colicky baby, 
Um, nothing made her happy. She didn't want to be without me. So <laughs> the pictures are just kind of comical at this point because like she's on me crying and my face is just like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> so, um, you know, I had come off of antidepressants when I was um, pregnant because I, I didn't want anything to affect the baby. But pretty much as soon as they got me to my room, I was like, OK, and I need this too. Mm-hmm. It's time for this. I I know. I feel this is a dark place. True. Yeah. <laughs> so and you're quickly advocating for your needs. And, oh yeah. You know, good for you, really, because you don't. Oh yeah, in front of my parents and everything, and yeah. that had never been an open discussion. Mm-hmm. But it was just like I'm this. I know that yeah. I need this now because I don't um, want to go home and and because I don't want to yeah. be in this place. Yeah. yeah. So it was just it was darkness. It was a dark place. I couldn't sleep. I and then I got overstimulated. Um, which I'd never really heard that word before, but you know, the nurses, they come in and check on you like every two hours, the baby was crying. I was yeah. trying no to No one gets any sleep in hospitals. Oh, it was. So I went pretty, I went three days straight pretty much without any sleep. I called my mom to come stay with me and she tried to help, but there was really nothing she could do. Um, so I had to tell the nurses in this baby friendly hospital, like, sorry, you have to take this baby away and give me a sleeping medication. Mm-hmm. Or else I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of did lose it at one point. I'm usually a very, very nice person. And the nurses came in one day and they asked you that question. The one at a scale of one to ten, what is your pain right now? And I had had it with that question. I was like, I had a fourth degree tear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a ten plus. Like, I don't even want to answer that question anymore. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even to this day, when I get asked that question, I, I get upset. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to be like f you <laughs> oh, yeah i pretty much do if someone and i feel bad for a nurse like an urgent care or whatever even if i just have a flu and they're like on a scale of one to ten what's your pain i'm like really yeah <laughs> i'm gonna live it's not <laughs> i'll let you know anyway so four days in the hospital feeling very 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 dark didn't like where i was and that was kind of the theme of the next year of my life honestly i had a very colicky baby she um only slept nursing on me. Um, and then I, so I slept with her alone in a room separate than my husband because he had to work. Mm -hmm. So, um, I felt very, very isolated, very alone after coming from a career in which it was a very much a creative collaborative environment. Um, so it was, it was, it was, which is a big part of who you are, big part of Mm -hmm. who I am and what I love to do. Um, so but I did it. I felt like I just had to do it. So day by day, I struggled through for, I would say it was a good year before I, I felt any kind of normal again, which I know for a lot of moms, you do go through that adjustment mm-hmm. period, no matter what kind of delivery or, or birth or situation that you're in. It is a long time before you feel like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in such a dark place. Um, so after a year, um, you know, Parker was getting a little bit better, a little bit older. I used Moms on Call. I am the biggest advocate for Moms on Call. Have you heard of these I angels? No. They bas- it's like it's is like Is it momsoncall.com? I mean, uh, probably yes. Is. Yes. Or they can just Google yes. Moms on Call. They saved my life. To the I they saved my life. Somebody, I think three people had recommended them to me and it's always that third time where you're like, "Oh, I'm going to yeah. actually follow up on this." And they're um they're, they do sleep training, which, you know, wasn't something that I'm sure... That, well, first of all, Emery wouldn't have approved of co-sleeping mm-hmm. because of, like, killing your baby. But sometimes you do not have a choice. Um, so, yeah, sleep training. It's And they tell you when and what and everything to do. If you feed your baby this much, this many times a day, 
you can put her down for a nap at this point and yes let her cry and it will work and it it changed everything mm. um to this day my kids sleep So is Moms on Call like a nonprofit organization? I don't think it's not it's their not affiliation. Non, it's not nonprofit. It's okay. two nurses that um still do work um in pediatric, you know, settings. Um, and they've worked there for 20 years so they just know what works mm-hmm. and they've tr- they've done this with so many people and it it's magic. It's, and they're there to save moms like you. Yeah. So you can have a phone call where they just tell you. You don't even really get a chance to talk. They just mm-hmm. tell you what to do. There's books that mm-hmm. you can buy. There's an app. Um, but I needed the personal attention, I feel. And yeah. they do. They make you feel like it's all going to be okay. They tell you what to do. Um, they will come to your home, um, you know, for a fee and and just kind of walk you through it that way. Um, so, yeah, sleep training through Moms on Call. <laughs> changed my life I was like and my husband's all oh but that baby's crying like oh it makes this break my heart and I'm like yes (laughs) she's sleeping even if it was just for five minutes and then she'd wake up crying again I'm like whatever (laughs) sleep is underrated it is the most important thing to make you feel sane that yes that there is yes it is I went four months so important four months without having more I slept I took one three-hour nap and that was the most I had had in mm. four months um at the first four months of mm-hmm. um her being a baby so all this to say things slowly started changing and I started seeing the light and coming back more to myself and um kind of looking for okay I still don't feel happy or you know, something's still very missing. I'm very isolated. I don't have many people in my life. I don't want to go back to design, but I do want to make more f- friends and, and get and out there. And you're in a new city. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I had been lived in Atlanta before. Okay. okay. But um, I, I mean, it was, a, it was kind of like being in a new city because it was a new start. You're now a mom, which is a very mm-hmm. different thing than just, you know, oh, here I can go to the bars and hang out whenever sure, sure. you have like, that's a, that's a huge, it changes your life. So I'd had the same hairdresser for a very long time. Her name is Julie, and she works at the Commoner Salon. And um, I was having a glass of wine with her, getting my hair cut. And we were talking about, you know, that situation, like what I wanted to do. And I had been asking everybody that I, that I came in contact with, what am I going to do? I had had a card reading. Well, am I going to be a designer? They said, yes. Um, I, and in a sense, you are. True. Right? True. Yeah. I asked my chiropractor, am I going to be a designer? I want specifics. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Universe. It's specifics yes. here. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't understand. I, I just kept being like, no, that's not it. So I'm having a glass of wine with my hairdresser. And I think I was about to go on a trip to New Orleans. And I was thinking about um, Atlanta and how all of my friends were into crystals and cards and Reiki. And I was thinking, well, what's missing here um, in our little beautiful mystic community? Um, And about to go to New Orleans, I was thinking of all the palm readers that are on the squares. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, palm reading, what is is that even about? Um, And she was going to have a pop-up of at Christmas, Christmas 2017. So I started researching. I got my palm read in New Orleans um, and uh, bought a big book and she dared me to to read at the pop-up I created the purple sheet that is on my which is beautiful thank yeah. you which <laughs> is on my Instagram if you check it out um and well, if anyone wants to find Helene on Instagram it's handful of stars underscore readings yes she's got a great Instagram going on thank you so I I created a sheet that was a cheat sheet for myself um, that would give me a formula or a system to work through to do a palm reading so I would take a handprint. And then I would mark it up and mark um, all the different areas 
uh, that we spoke about, and people loved it. And honestly, I just—it's such a cute concept. Rode the wave. I good I for you. Had no idea it was going to take off like it did. It's been only like a year and a half. Um, and you probably really are the only palm reader in Atlanta that isn't sitting in a highway neon sign. Yeah, place. Not highway, but <laughs> I skipped a big part though. I skipped the part where I was changing my life and and decided to get divorced. But that was it's all. Ha- <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's kind of a big that that's a big thing too. Yeah. So baby is sleep trained. Everything is going um, a lot better. I start gaining my strength back, um, and I decide I don't want to be married to a man anymore, um, and to change my sexual orientation. Not really change it, but face it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been unhappy for a long time. Um, he is an amazing guy, but. I just wanted to be with a woman and explore that part of myself um, in a in a new life. So I explained that to him and asked for a divorce. And um, I was living in basically living in his home. I didn't have a job or any money for myself or a plan. I so I bought my vintage camper because mm-hmm. I needed something that felt like a plan or felt like something. Um, I found a beautiful 1955 renovated um, Dalton camper on eBay and got it so that I wouldn't be so scared of not having my own place in Atlanta because Atlanta rent is insane. It is. And I just thought as long as I have that, there is shelter available for me. Um, Yes. And I wanted to do something with the camper I thought, oh, I'll, I'll paint nails in the camper. Like, that's how I'll make my money. Um, but I knew that. Oh, so you bought the camper before you even yes, I bought the had cam- the palm reading yes. component. Oh. I did. I bought the camper and I thought, okay, I can Airbnb it. Yeah. Um, so once I got the camper, I didn't really know what to do with it. I just knew it was an opportunity. And Isn't it amazing? I mean, knowing your life now. Yeah. Looking back. Yeah. Looking back. Talk about some, like, honest to God divine timing oh with everything 100 percent divine because your business fits so well in with that camper the camper fits so well with your business you fit so well into both of them in a very short period of time very short yeah like I just see it as like total alignment yes yes not but not that it happened easily yes yes oh oh god no I am (laughs) not stating that (laughs) that is I think the whole point of why we're having this conversation yeah is all of that crap that I had to go through to start realizing what I really needed to feel good in my life. I didn't need to have the marriage that maybe my parents wanted me to have and Mm -hmm. the house that, you know, the American dream, quote unquote, the kid and the car. I wanted to be happy again because Mm -hmm. I had been unhappy for so long. Um, So yes, the camper came into play. I was looking for what that was, had the, um, the pop-up where I did the sheet for the first time and then started taking, people were asking for readings, so I started getting, taking clients at uh, Steed, Steed to Star Collective in uh, Avondale Estates. They are amazing women out there. Um, and then I, I um, started using the camper for private readings, and it just kept growing and growing. So um, I started reading at Modern Mystic as a regular, um, started traveling around, reading other shops, giving workshops, um, People are asking me for book recommendations on how to learn how to read palms. I think I got that question three times. And then I went back to my publishing connections and asked, okay, well, what do I do with this? And, you know, ended up manifesting a 
an amazing book deal, which has changed my life financially and otherwise. I don't know what I would be doing without that. Um, and and ultimately leading this. So when does your book come out? Uh, so it comes out October because it's completed, right? It is going through. It is entering the design process. So okay. it comes out from Harper Collins Design, um, that imprint, October two thousand nineteen, and it's going to be a kit with the sheet and a workbook and um, a ink and a roller and a pen, basically, so you can do what I do. Yeah, um, and I'm super excited. And, and where will be? people be able to purchase it is it going to be available like on amazon oh yeah and bookstores everywhere. everywhere everywhere and do you have the title yet it's just it's a handful of stars okay yeah okay. it's me it's because my i mean brand. that's this year there's going to be people listening to this oh that, yeah. yeah yeah i am that's I'm, so exciting i feel like i have put something into the world that now is my legacy mm-hmm. because i have my own style about what i do and it's very much it's not fortune telling and, and it's very optimistic and understanding and just self-reflection. And that's what the kit is all about. And I feel really good about that. Awesome. Yeah. Does the kit have little like hand rollers? It does. It does. Yes. <laughs> so if um, any of the listeners want to get in contact with you to one, get a palm reading. And my understanding is that you're doing remote readings as well. I so. Am. Um, they can get appointments on your website? Uh-huh. If you go to my website, handfulofstarsreadings.com, or you can get there through my Instagram on the link in the bio. I do remote palm readings. I take uh, one a week, and um, you'd send in pictures of different angles of your hand, and I send in a whole marked-up uh, document with charts and graphs, and it's really interesting. Um, I also do pop-ups and travel around, um, do events, weddings. I'm going to start pulling the um, the camper around for more things. So yeah, I'm always doing something. Instagram's the best place to find me. Handful yeah, of stars yeah. underscore readings. Awesome. So, um, looking back on the past year and a half, two years, how has this really condensed amount of time been like a healing journey for you? Um, I, I think kind of facing the, the fear of the unknown, but still having the faith in everything's going to be okay because what happens if it's not? That's not an option. Mm-hmm. It's not an option. You have to keep going day by day. Um, and when I give people advice when I do palm readings, I always say, um, I mean, overall it's manifesting, right? I mm-hmm. manifested this. And what I did was I just put everything, any idea that I had, I put that energy out into the world and I would see if it would stick, Mm -hmm. you know, any idea. So like painting nails in the camper, I reached out to a nail studio and asked them if I could intern. And Mm -hmm. you know what? That didn't end up working out. Scheduling and things like that didn't work out. Honestly, hindsight's 2020. That's for the best. Um, But with the palm reading, I was scared to do that too. I was like, who am I to go tell people what their hands are saying about them? But I was, it was a very easy Um, opportunity that came to me and I followed it. So ultimately that's what I tell people. If you have an idea, what's the worst thing that can happen? Somebody says no or ignores Mm -hmm. you try. If it's something that you think is a good idea at the moment, I tell a lot of people to read the book, big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm. Good one. One of my favorite books about creativity. I just got chills (laughs) about uh, creativity and ideas and just kind of chasing that magic because I truly believe that there is magic in the world if you put your energy in the right place. And it's there to support you. Yes. 
Yeah. No matter what that is I mean, for I you. I feel that way with starting this podcast. Oh, yes. I was so nervous about it. But now that we're sitting here, yes. it feels so natural and just like in alignment with who I am right now at this present time. Yes. Like, you know, just in supporting that. And it all happened for me. And right. it's just... I'm it's so, so excited when that you. happens. It I'm really excited. Is. And you're really going to help people. It's a very pure intention that behind it. That is my only goal yeah. is to help people and to get people's stories out there to help yeah. others. As long as your intention is good. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's going to work out. Yeah. So as we're closing up, Pauline, I'm, I'm really thinking about how your journey has, you know, created who you truly are. I mean, I think, you know, looking at it, you were always that person, but stepping out of our shell and, and really showing the world who we are is really, I think, scary. It is. You and know, I because felt- what if they think this and what if they think that? And I, and I think that's one of the reasons I'm so inspired by you is because you are who you are, you know, and you're not, that's it. And it doesn't come yeah. without guilt. Like that's a yeah. big thing. Guilt, especially yeah. being a mother. Some shame and now, thrown in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's still a lot of bad feelings because I I thought I should be this perfect mom who mm-hmm. is twenty four seven next to a child and I have her three days a week now. Mm-hmm. And she's three years old. So there she is a cutie. She is a cutie. <laughs> she's so cute. I honestly think it'll be good for her. Yeah. You know, she's gonna have a happy mom. Absolutely. Instead of And she's gonna watch a mom who is creative and um you know, aspires to do new things. And that's going to be a really beautiful thing for her. You know, none of our journeys are the same and there's no one way to do anything. No, there's no one way to do that's anything. That's why life is so hard because yes, you have because to figure it we out. have to get rid of all those ideas that we've been told. I saw this quote this morning, of course, you know, get on Instagram enough. You see 5 trillion quotes a day, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was something along the lines. I can't remember it, but it was about how we as women, especially have to constantly unlearn all the things that we're supposed to feel sorry about. Oh, right. You know, like you're not being the best child. You're not being the best mom. You're not, you know, you have to be there for your children all the time. You've got to be there perfect for your partner, your husband, you know, like all of these things. And and when the truth is we just have to be true to ourselves. And when we're true to ourselves and we put the oxygen mask on for ourselves, we can put it on for everybody else, including our kids and our coworkers and our friends and, and all of that. I mean, that's my favorite. There is a huge mural downtown Decatur. Do you know right by um, Decatur, Georgia, where we are? <laughs> and it's this huge mural, and it's all about putting the oxygen mask on before that. you put it on someone else. And it's just like it speaks volumes. I know we all have heard that on the plane a million times, but in everyday life, it's so true. It is. So put on your oxygen mask first. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, it it's true. So thank you so much for joining me today. And this is the first first episode of Helia. Yay. And Helene's my first guest. Congratulations. So Colleen. exciting. I'm excited thank to you. follow along your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is so exciting. So thank you so much for joining us. And again, you can find Helene at handful of stars underscore readings on Instagram. And you can also check out her website where you can book a remote or in-person reading at handfulofstarsreadings.com. All right. So I think we're all done. And Helene's going to go pick up her daughter and we're all good. And then I'm going to take a nap. Yes. She's going to take a nap (laughs) and she's going to take care of herself. She's going to drink some tea and she's going to drink three gallons of water. And um, then I'm going to drink more wine. (laughs) Bye guys.
The ideas expressed by guests are not necessarily Colleen's personal beliefs. Information received from Hilia is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. See and hear more from Colleen by subscribing to the Lighter Side Network at www.thelightersidenetwork.com. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.